Hello and welcome to CBS Radio Mystery Theater from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Marshall. To celebrate eight seasons of radio's first theater of the 80s, your mystery theater, we have brought you a week of the strangest, most perplexing story we could find, a legend that demanded to be dramatized, based on the harrowing and haunted life of Europe's first world ruler, the young and powerful Alexander the Great. Alexander, I can go no further. The wind and ice at my throat... You go on. Desert you here in the mountains, Lysander? I need you. You need me. Unity is what I'm fighting for. The army needs you more, Alexander. Forget me. I'm no use to you anymore. You've led our troops through all these mountains. You can't stop now. One old man, more or less, makes no difference. Go on without me. mystery drama, The Legend of Alexander, Part 5, The Legend Begins, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Gerald Keene and stars Russell Horton. It is sponsored in part by True Value Hardware Stores. I'll be back shortly with Act One. ascended the throne. He found himself king of a crumbling empire. The Greek city-states fell apart, each going its own way, till they discovered the 20-year-old ruler they had to reckon with was Alexander the Great, an unholy terror in battle. Speed and surprise, his chief weapons. Starting with Greece, then as far north as modern Bucharest, crossing the Danube, through Serbia, then south in a final conquest of Persia. Now he knew he was the great, invincible Alexander. He believed it. What he did not know was power corrupts, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. What did I tell you, General Parmenio? There are none so clever or so strong that can defeat me. It would seem, Alexander, that Darius and the Persian army are no longer a threat to anyone. A threat? Persia is now our slave. Divide and conquer. My father taught me that. It's been the secret of Alexander's strength. Here, here, I'll show you. Uh, are there any sticks about? Sticks? What kind of stick? Plain, ordinary wooden sticks. Kindling tree branches. Here? In Darius's palace? Gold and silver sticks, yes, probably. But not wood. What kind of an answer is that to your king? You! Over there, slave! Yes, King Alexander? I want some wooden sticks. Three score at least. Bring them. Small branches, twigs. Chop down a tree if you have to. Yes, Your Majesty. Uh, Tell me, slave, you've been in the employ of King Darius when he ruled this land in the royal courts? I uh, have served here all my life. I observe that since Darius has escaped our army... It has been your duty to manage the palace, and you announce each meal by the ringing of a bell. It has always been the custom. I know all about that. 
But we of Macedon do not eat as your former masters did at such time as it pleases the cook to prepare food. We eat three times a day and on time. It is now two hours past sunset and I wish my meal. I wish it now. King Alexander, be assured in the future I will not lose track of the time. Be assured if you do, you will lose track of your head. Your Majesty, I go instantly to obey. And don't forget the twigs. Alexander, why do you attack that poor man? He cannot defend himself. Are all Persians as stupid as he? Why are you so angry? You, a monarch, you should not raise your voice over such trivial matters as meals and twigs. It is beneath you. I would have passed the word along. Parmenia. Are you scolding me? You may be all of 25 years old now, Alexander, but twas I, Parmenia, who put you on your first horse when you were five. There is something wrong with me. My temper is too short. Why is that? The ways of the mind are a mystery to me. But victory after victory has not brought out the best in you. Hasn't it? I'm building a new world. That's not the best in me. You have succumbed to the war that disfigures power. And that is arrogance. You are not a god, Alexander. And to what do you attribute this evil wart, this boil on my face? You know your Odyssey, your Homer. As well as any man. Do you know what Achilles meant when he said, He whom the gods would destroy will be granted his every wish. The gods are out to destroy me, is that it? You are not the Alexander you were. That is all that I wish to say now. Just some food for thought. Ah, food for the stomach. And where are the sticks I asked for? Here, Your Majesty, I hope these are long enough, uh, or short enough, as Your Majesty desires. Uh, will Your Royal Excellence be pleased to sit under the gold canopy so that we can serve you your meal there? First, the sticks. Uh, Pomenio, come closer. My father's secret. Now watch. I break one. I break another. 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 That is how my father, Philip of Macedon, brought each state to its knees, one at a time. Hmm. You see how easily it's done? Now, we put all these twigs together. My purpose is to gather all the city-states of all lands together. Like this. One solid family. Of many branches, all speaking the language of Homer, Aeschylus, forming one great world of nations of the same tongue and cultures. Tie them. Bind them all together as I am doing, and no one, no one can ever break us apart. Try it, Parmenio. Here, take this bundle of twigs. Try to break it. I don't have to, Alexander. I understand your point. They may give, they may bend, but together they are indivisible and unbeatable. This tree of states cannot be broken. To food. Help me up to the throne, Parmenio. You may sit somewhere below me. I've sat in many thrones, but never Darius's. Comfortable. But it won't do. No. Look at my feet. They don't touch the ground. Am I so short? 
Well, King Darius is extremely tall. Yes, he is. I can't have this. You, slave. Yes, Your Majesty. Before I'm served, I need... Um, uh, do you see that table? Yes. Push it under my feet. Now, a little closer. That's better. Now my feet have something to rest on. Place each dish on a small tray and bring it to me. You, don't you hear me? Your Majesty, I... I cannot, my... My heart is giving out. What is the matter with you? Give me a tray with each dish. I'll rest it across the arms of this throne and eat. I think it upsets this loyal Persian to see you seated on Darius's throne. No, no, it, it, it isn't that. It's the, the table. This table I placed here on which you put your feet. It, it is the table on which I served my King Darius. His meals. Of course. You understand, don't you, Alexander? The poor Persian can't bear to see your feet on a table from which Darius took his meals. The table has a meaning for the man. To him, it is a sad omen. It has a meaning for me as well. Darius's dinner table is Alexander's foot rest. To me, that's a good omen. It means that soon Alexander will be trampling all over Darius. Now, the food... And no delay. Uh, no, no, no. I changed my mind. I'll have some wine first. Pomenio, join me in drinking to the health of Alexander the Great and our next victory. Tomorrow, we take Persepolis. Yes, I am. Pomenio. Yes. I'm half frozen. Uh, uh, join us, join us. Uh, hurry up. Uh, uh, close that tent flap. Uh, You'll have all our maps blown to the ground. Uh, where have you been? We thought you'd never get here. You went on foot. It's the fastest way. Our horses travel very slowly in deep snow. Many lost? A hundred, then I stopped counting. Alexander, how much longer are we going on with this forced march over the mountains? Until we reach Persepolis. <sighs> Darius' main city, his ah, biggest palace is there. Turning into a fierce blizzard. You want us to pitch camp at Rhodes? Why are the troops so slow? Lysander and I have been here for three hours. They're doing their best. They're not used to freezing weather. Give them credit, Alexander. Nobody's moving thousands of men across mountains by wishing. But it can be done by will. Look at this old man. He has the will. Uh, uh, Lysander. Uh, wake uh, up. Wake up. Uh, Amenio is here. Uh, oh, help, Amenio. Hell, Lysander. You did good work on the roads. I'm sorry our engineers couldn't clear it better. But as soon as they'd push the snow from the road, it would drift right back. Uh, did you have any trouble with the mountain tribesmen? We lost many men. Uh, Alexander... The troops are exhausted. Some of them are marching without shoes. Most, most do not have the right kind of clothing against the cold. And even if we do get to Persepolis by morning... What do you mean, if? There is no if. Pomenio, you may leave my tent now. Try to understand. No ifs, no rests, no stopping. I am not resting until Greek law and art and life are everywhere. Everywhere! Your kingdom is to be everywhere? Pomenio... When? 
we are in Persepolis. And when Darius is found and chained, you and I will have a long talk about the Empire. I don't think you understand. The Empire is made up of people. Not one man with one idea. Our civilization is superior to all civilizations. And I will march and I will battle until it is everywhere. Not as a dream, but as a fact. Lysander, let me see that map again. The three of us can decide the quickest route for the army. We'll, uh, we'll send supplies and the siege train this way across here. Cavalry that way. It's not quite as steep. What do you say, Parmenio? Nothing. And we'll have the main troops continue straight on as they're doing. Lysander and I will catch up with them, get ahead, and mark the trail. Right? Uh, right, Your Majesty. Mm, did you hear that, Parmenio? Lysander has two score years on you. He's older by 20 years. And when I say, shall we go ahead, does he say, I wish to rest, I'm tired? Lysander is an extraordinary man, and we need him. He is the star who guides our ship. But do not push him too far, Alexander. trees behind us. That ought to frighten them off. They'll think a thunderbolt has struck the mountain. Take my cape, Lysander. Keep yourself warm with it. When the trees are blazing, I'll come for you. What a strange fusion of tempers and talents he was, this Alexander. Only 25 years old, yet a visionary who brooked no interference. And yet for all that, Still a humane man who deeply cared for his fellow man. I shall return shortly with Act Two. It stuck in Alexander's craw that he couldn't find Darius III, King of Persia. Town after town fell to Alexander, but Darius eluded him. Persepolis, the capital city, was vandalized and burned. Ekbatana scoured, yet no Darius. Tehran, 200 miles distant, yielded nothing. Then scouts arrived with hard, believable information. Darius had been stopped by his own cousin, the Prince of Bactria. Are you sure, Pomenio? Stopped? Where? At the edge of the Caspian Sea. By his own cousin, Prince Bessus? Well, you must explain it. I cannot. I'd say Bessus has his eye on Persia. So he arrests Darius to be friendly to us. Betrayal by your own relative. <laughs> it isn't the first time. How long will it take our men to get there? 
two days and a night's march through the desert. We'll make that two nights in one day. It'll be cooler at night, and we can begin now. Why exhaust the men unnecessarily? Let them rest. Parmenio, old comrade, haven't you learned yet? Alexander does not rest. We are not all Alexanders. Darius is safe. He is under guard. Well, does it matter which day he is brought before you? He is ours. The sooner I see him, the sooner I can prove to him we are not barbarians. But why bother? He is your enemy. What do you have to prove to him? That our cause is honorable. That he and I, the only remaining monarchs of great kingdoms, have that in common. That we might rule together. What? Alexander, you're a young man of contradictions. <laughs> I don't deny it. To make this great show of benevolence, you would hasten your men beyond endurance. Parmenio, you have never agreed with anything I've said. You thwart me at every turn. I shall take the decision to the men. Let them decide whether we begin our march now or tomorrow. If we start now, tonight. We should arrive tomorrow by nightfall. <laughs> That torch higher, Parmenio. By Apollo. Horror of horrors. There, lying at the bottom of that chariot. Is that not Darius? It is, Alexander. Is he alive? How came he to this? Parmenio, you arrived here before I did. I thought you said Prince Basil had captured Darius, not tortured him. His body is a mass of wounds. I have taken the prince into custody. He told me his men got out of hand. When they came upon Darius, they went berserk with rage. I want every single murderous soldier in the prince's army. I'll show them what rage is. Darius. Darius. Great Zeus. Look how he bleeds. Get me some fresh cloths. Hurry. Darius. Can you hear me? Who are you? I'm Alexander of Macedon. <laughs> uh, Alexander. And so we meet. Will someone fetch me some cloths? Uh, Alexander. Yes, great king. I- is it dark? Or are my eyes failing me? It is dark. I have lain here since dawn. <laughs> is there water? Parmenio, some water, quickly. Here, pour it into my helmet. Ah. Darius, let me lift your head. Let me tip my helmet. Slowly. That's right. Rest your head on my arm. Now, Parmenio, I wish a litter to be made so that King Darius can be carried gently to where he may be properly attended to. It is too late for that. For me, the combat is over. Great Darius. Speak not so. I have been dishonored by one of my own family. He will be punished. Bessus is a coward. He will die a coward's death. Take my right hand, Alexander. It is yours. He is gone, Alexander. May the great King Darius enjoy a peaceful passage to the land of shades. As Apollo is my witness, we shall bury him with all the honors of war.
Lysander, they told me it was you. I couldn't believe it. How good to see you. <laughs> Do I look the same? Uh, your face is more lined, but otherwise I see very little change. What brings you to Babylon? I heard of the death of Darius. How long is it since he died? Oh, many months. Four, five. Mm. The war is over, that you know. Then why don't you return to Macedon? No, I can't. Not yet. There's too much to do here. If I'm to bring our two great nations together, that would not happen in my absence. <laughs> you still haven't told me, dear old teacher. Uh, was there some specific reason you came all this distance? Uh, I wanted to see you again, Alexander. Alive. <laughs> the battles are over. Why should I die? What could kill me? Treachery. Uh, what makes you say that? I can see by your eyes that thought has been with you also. Yes, it has been for many months. There are too many whispers in Babylon that I am too much influenced by this country and the Persians. And are you? What is their complaint? The army is here. Most of the men are enjoying the spoils of victory. Most of them have married Persian women. To me, they say nothing, openly. But there are whispers behind my back. Mm, they would rather be home in Macedon. Then let them go home. No one is forcing them to remain in Babylon. If they don't see the advantage of the mingling of our two great cultures, then let them go. There were rumors in Macedon that uh, you had married again. Yes, twice. The two women last month. There was no rumor. You shall meet them both, Lysander. And the uh, Macedonians here, how did they take the news? How should they take it? We had a double feast. Everyone attended. I heard no complaints. The city was in a stupor for a week. <laughs> Lysander, if you could have been here, it would have made it perfect for me. I miss the old friend. Mm. Why did you marry here? Political. A very wise move, if I say so myself. Now, General Parmenio, he didn't think so, but he's been very critical lately. Lysander, I know you'll understand. You have a political background. Ah, you marry two women from two ruling Persian houses. Am I right? Right as the rain clouds over Parnassus. <laughs> Parnassus. How I miss it. However, the older of my wives is Statira, Darius's daughter. She's 21. The younger is Perisastes. Her father was king here before Darius. What do you say to that? Huh? In one double wedding, you united two rival branches of an old ruling Persian family. What a pleasure. A man who sees the political implications of what you're doing and doesn't disagree. <laughs> that... That Parmenio... Mm, he disagrees. Ah, he's getting too old. I gave his son Philotus the governorship of one of the provinces. Do you think I've received any thanks? Yeah. Just the reverse. This this pipsqueak Philotus, you know, I know he speaks against me. He does more than speak. And that's the real reason I came to see you. For... You have proof? I have brought it with me. This letter. I have asked as many of you men as could fit into this courtyard to join me. And I see old friends, familiar faces who've marched with me from the Black Sea to the Khyber Pass. 
who shared the fighting at Gordium and Tyre. Most of you were bachelors then. Does anyone remember the advice I gave in hand-to-hand then? Strike the person in the face. <laughs> you remembered. Strike the enemy in the face. A young bachelor does not like to return home with scars on his face. Well, we were not afraid when the Persian chariots rolled down upon us. Sharp sides lashed to their wheels. We stepped aside. Let them crash into each other. We didn't run from Darius's elephants. Whatever had to be faced, we faced it. Together! There was an openness. And there still must be. There is room for argument, even dissatisfaction, for criticism. But one fault I will not forgive, and that is treachery! I have here a letter in Philotus's own handwriting. Governor Philotus, there is a plot to murder Alexander. Look to yourselves! If any of you know of such a plot, or know of any of the plotters and do not come forward, you will be judged as guilty as the man who plans to hold the sword to my heart! You sent for me, Alexander? Yes, General Pomenio. When did you arrive in Babylon? A few moments ago. I rode through the night. Pomenio... You and I have fought side by side in many battles. We've shared the gold. We have shared, haven't we? Susa, Isos Persepolis, you were my right arm. I still am. Are you? Why? Do you doubt it? Have you spoken to your son lately? I have not seen him. And he has always been a poor correspondent. Of course, now he's a governor. Philotus is here, in Babylon. He's in prison. In... What has he done? He has written this letter. It is to a fellow conspirator, Harpolis. Do you recognize the handwriting? Yes, it is my son's. Last night, with the slight encouragement of some red-hot coals... He confessed to a plot against me, which he says was hatched by you. Parmenio, his father. Philotus said that? But why? I do not understand any of this. My own son? It's not true, then, is it, old warrior? Me? Plot against you? I may differ with my king about many things, and I have been outspoken in my opinions. But to plot against your life? Never! I hope that is true. Because if not, you should prepare yourself to follow your son to that land from which no voyager returns. There were many executions. Today, we might call this form of justice a chronicle of horrors. Suspicion, accusation, arrest, trial. A confession enforced by torture. And finally, death. One by one, those whom Alexander had trusted were betraying him. He was 32 years old. Were his days numbered? Would he live to complete his mission? 
to make one world dominated by Greek culture. I shall return shortly with Act Three. subdued all of Greece, Persia, Egypt, and finally India. Then, convinced he had marched his men to the outer limits of the world, Alexander ordered his army home. His new favorite general was Koinos, who had risen in the ranks and was genius enough to deal with India's secret weapon, elephants. But the road back, overland and by boat, was treacherous. One city, Pylos, rebelled and refused to surrender, and in that battle, Alexander was severely wounded. He was on the point of death when his new general rescued him. Alexander? Is that you, Cornus? Shall I part the curtains and let in some light? Oh, Cornus, you're as transparent as these curtains around my bed. Yes, 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 open them. There are rumors that I'm dying. You've come to see if there's any truth in them. Hmm? <laughs> How did you get it? That's exactly why I'm here. Do the men wish me dead? Oh, far from it. They're hoping every day you'll get better. You're the only one they'll trust to lead them home. Tell them I have no intention of dying. But I might remain here in Babylon over the winter. I'm not as young as I was. Oh, yes. A sparrow told me you were the ripe old age of 32. Add a hundred to that and you'll know how I feel. I had to find out whether you were well enough to deal with a nasty situation which might even become a mutiny. If you decide to remain in Babylon all winter, it just might come to that. Because we remain in Persia, the army would revolt? But why? They don't want to wait any longer. They want to go home. What do we have against Persia? There's so much here that's wonderful. You aren't helping your cause. Why is it the moment you cross its borders, you adopt Persian dress and manners, you eat their food, there are... There are very few Macedonians who don't resent that. I wear what I like and I act as I wish. I am Alexander the Great. And no common foot soldier whom I have elevated, educated, and catapulted to power and made wealthy is going to dictate how I should live. You tell me there's a revolt in the making? Good. Inform Lysander... I wish him to compose a suitable poem for the biggest banquet Alexander has ever given his army. I've yet to meet a man who didn't prefer a feast to a fight. General, do you, does he think a feast for his soldiers will change their minds? And that I should write a verse for this occasion? Oh, I might as well write an obituary. No one would attack Alexander. They won't have to. He'll kill himself. No. He's weak. Isn't recovered from his wounds at Pylos. That javelin almost went through him. But what else can Alexander do but get up and face the men? He's simply not well enough. Has he any idea it might be his farewell address? At 32 years, did death seem close to you? I know it's dangerous, but it would be worse if the men thought they could have their own way. Consider it as another battle. The king does. He knows he must stand alone at the head of his army. Gentlemen, 
gentlemen, I know the food and wine are satisfactory. There's so little of it left. <laughs> but may I have your attention? My name is Lysander. I have known your king, our king, since he rode his first horse. I have the honor to present to you your king, your host. The undoubted leader of the century. Our leader. The son of Philip of Macedon. Hey, Philip, there was a giant. King Alexander. Not a peep out of them, Lysander. Not a hand clap, not a cheer. This is not a very good beginning. Thank you. I can manage without any assistance. I can lean on my sword. Hail, Alexander. Uh, Never mind the formalities. Friends. Persians, Macedonians, countrymen. That we have made brothers of our former enemy is true. The Persians who fought us bitterly are now our friends. And though we rule their land, we are still their guests. I wish he wouldn't emphasize that. His men suspect he's more Persian than the Persians. Their leader fought hard and died bravely. We fought and died too. I heard that. But those of you who survived have had bounties. You've all profited. I wish to announce to those veterans who fought beside me throughout the Asian campaign, and there are 10,000 of you, that you are all free to leave Babylon and return to Macedon. He's trying to get rid of us. Don't you see? It's part of the plot. Get rid of the Macedonians. Make Babylon the center of the world. Hold it down. I am General Coyness for those of you at the back. Calm yourselves. This is not the way a soldier behaves. General, was that Craterus, the soldier who spoke just then? Yes, Your Majesty. Bring that man forward. Craterus, front and center on the double. Yes, I am coming. Tell me, Craterus, what is this about a plot? You can speak freely. I'd like to know. Your soldiers. What I mean is... Go on. We see you dressed like a Persian. And you have a private bodyguard made up of Persians. And you say you want 10,000 of us out of the way. I know I take my life in my hands speaking to my king like this. But they all feel as I do. Here we have marched and fought for 11 years, some of us. But not to be betrayed by our own. Anything else? I say if any of us are going to be sent home, we will all leave. Guards, I know it is the end for me, but I speak as an honorable soldier. So if these are the last words I ever speak on earth, I speak the truth. The truth? What is the truth to you, Craterus? You have all had far more than you deserved. More gold, more silver... Tell me of any wealth I have not shared with you. Hardships are not endured. Anyone who has wounds, come forward. I'll show you mine. I'll match you cut for cut. No part of my body is without a scar. But only in front, never in back. Your Majesty, I did not know. Oh, yes, you did, Clayton. Every word. Interesting, isn't it? You have a name that the great poet Pindar would enjoy rhyming. Craterus? 
Which rhymes with traitorous. Guards! Seize this traitor! Take him to be executed! You wish to leave Babylon? Go! Every one of you! Tell them at home you deserted your king who led you from victory to victory across the world! <laughs> Tell them you left your king in the care of the strangers he conquered! Lysander, are you there? Right where you are, Beth Alexander. Try not to talk. What's happening outside the palace? How many days has it been? Only three days. Oh, you made them feel ashamed. It's so quiet. Have none of them asked for me? Oh, every one of your men have. They fear that what happened at the banquet has hastened your illness. Too much marching. Too many wars. Where is General Coynes? We take turns. We think it best if there's just one of us with you at a time. I have so much to do. How can I remain here like a sick dog? How much longer? Until the physician says you are healed. Who? Polydamus? What does he know? Uh, Alexander. Uh, it is I, Coynes. Uh, I had Polydamus speak to the men, and he promised them your quick recovery. You see, the traitors are silent. The men love you. I wish... To see them. All. Your soldiers? Now? Oh, I don't think you should move. We will all drink from the same cup. One man at a time. Lysander, my cup. Alexander, do you know how many men you would be receiving? Have the servants bring in wine. And then I want each of my men to enter my chamber. One by one. And we shall each drink from the same cup. Oh, Your Majesty, there are thousands. I wish there were millions. Do it now. I wait. It's been a long day. Uh, but a happy day for him. I've never seen him sleep so peacefully. I don't know how many thousand men came in here and drank their allegiance with him from that cup. After the first three hours, I stopped counting. <laughs> to put away even a hundred sips of wine would tax the strongest of men, but he did it. Uh, in the field, he could outdrink anyone. An entire phalanx of men. I've seen him. Mm. And I see him now. And I fear his face is so white. Uh, Thebes, why did I destroy you? What does he mean? That was the first city he destroyed. Uh, and he has never forgiven himself. Mother. Mother. Are you there? Who is it? Father? Alexander, it is, it is I. Coinus, your general. Parmenio, you betrayed me too. My own General Parmenio. No, Alexander. General Coinus, the faithful. 
so many of you standing around my bed. No, no, my king. Only Lysander and myself. There's no one else here. Good Lysander. Come closer. Will you read to me from Homer as you used to? You and I, Lysander, like times of old. I die, Lysander. Oh, you leave so much unfinished. Who can continue your work? Who, who are you, sir? I am your general. Don't you know me? I know them all by their first names. Father, you taught me that. Lysander. Yes, my boy. Remember these words? I would rather be tied to the soil as another man's serf than be king of all these, the dead, and destroyed. Very good. You remember your Homer very well. Did you know, General, my father was slain in his bedchamber, and I die in mine. Neither of us were killed in battle. Who will come after you, Alexander? There is no one worthy to stand in your shadow. <laughs> Alexander, can you hear me? To whom do you leave your empire? To the best. To the best. the best. I leave my empire to the best. Those were the last recorded words of young Alexander the Great. Did he mean anyone who could take his empire away would be better than he, and therefore the best? But no one man ever did. There was none who could match him. That is the end of what we know of Alexander. Now, the legend begins. I shall return shortly. that one man, driven by one idea, could march armies from Greece to the borders of modern Russia, could take Persia, India, and Egypt in his stride, found a city in his own name, Alexandria. Alexander's dream was a world state sharing the customs and merging the races of Europe, Africa, and Asia. Now, 23 centuries later, the world is as fragmented as the remains of Humpty Dumpty. I wonder if all the pieces of common understanding can ever be put together again. Our cast included Russell Horton, Mandel Kramer, Roy Owens, and Lloyd Batista. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. And now, a preview of our next tale. He stared at me. And then, he walked over to my bench. Uh, have I your permission to be seated? It's a public park. The city owns the bench. Oh, speak, Taxima. Who? <laughs> what did you call me? Taxima. Uh, you must have me confused with someone else. Oh, no. Uh, that's not my name. Well, of course it is not. It is your title. You 
out of this taxi, man. Well, uh, sure. Uh, uh, please, excuse me. No, no, no. We have looked for you for so long. You cannot leave us now. I'm afraid I have to. No, no, you will stay. You will remain here. What for? What for? Because you are the taxi man. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams.